Hello and welcome to one of the first episodes of the CMEX podcast. I'm Brenda Lee, CMEX Marketing Communication Specialist, and I'm here with Clarissa McCallum, CMEX Marketing Coordinator. Today, CMEX CEO Paul Larmer talks with us about the importance of mentors in his career, where CMEX is today, and where we're going in the future. Hope you enjoy the show. So welcome, Paul, to our very first CMEX podcast. When we began planning the podcast series, we talked about the features and the people that we wanted to visit with, and you were at the top of the list. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> we're very excited to have you with us and to learn a little bit more about you, but also about CMEX and our industry. And so maybe for the benefit of all of our listeners, if you could tell us about your lifelong career in AI. Well, lifelong career in AI um, started um, after a short career coming out of university in the feed industry and and specifically then as a dairy specialist with a feed company um, and uh, joined United Breeders as a sire analyst. and, and really in that did a lot of work in terms of our mating program at that time, um, brought that on farm in terms of the first kind of computer mating program actually on farm where, where we had the computer and printer in the back of a van and um, sort of had this roving mating caravan that uh, I would evaluate cattle and, uh, and leave the farm uh, with a printout of the mating recommendations. Um, and also worked in our sire acquisition um, you know, within that uh, uh, role as well with uh, with Lowell Lindsay at the time. And um, did that for five years. Um, and sort of as I saw the industry moving, thought that I wanted to get more into the business side of the of the organization. And particularly, I had a real interest in the marketing side. Um, and an opportunity came up in the organization um, that i that I then took over. Uh, as director of marketing uh, for United Breeders. Um, And then through that, um, there was a management change um, and there was some merger discussions at the time and different things. And long story short, um, I then uh, was fortunate enough to become general manager of United Breeders. And shortly into that tenure, um, the joint executives of United Breeders and Western Ontario Breeders had some discussions and I was asked to become general manager of both organizations and bring those organizations through to a merger, which became GenCore, which today is EastGen after going through another merger um, since that point in time. And, um, you know, that all happened, but then again, in a short period of time, um, there was discussions happening in the Canadian industry about the formation of the CMEX Alliance and merging our genetic programs. And, um, you know, within with CMEX Canada, which was the international sales and marketing organization for the AI companies, the genetic companies in Canada. And so I was very involved in that and um, really as an end result then became um, uh, director of sales of international sales and marketing for CMEX uh, for a number of years. Then I left CMEX for four years and uh, actually worked with Alta Genetics as uh, their uh, VP uh, for the Americas. And then Fortune uh, kind of became upon me that in 2007 I was asked to come back to CMEX as um, chief executive officer and 
that brings us through to today. <laughs> so would you say that being CEO is your dream job? Um, it really wasn't at the start. You know, I, I sort of thought that I had the dream job when I was a sire analyst. Um, you know, at the time I thought this is the best job in the world to be a sire analyst for a genetic company. Uh, to work with all the best cows across North America, to travel, to, you know, to be part of that. Um, you know, I thought that was the dream job, you know, and it really was. I mean, it gave me a great opportunity when I, and actually when I was doing the mating program, that was very rewarding because I was working with breeders, I mean, and helping them achieve their goals. And, and that was very rewarding for me. Um, so it really wasn't my dream job at the time. Um, I did as I said earlier, want to become involved in the in the business, um, more in the business side of things and and sort of be involved in the the um, decision making, if you will, and the vision and the future of the company. And as I became more involved in that, I got more interested in playing a larger role in that. But I can honestly say that it became my dream job probably when I was away from the organization. Um, and I saw some things that were happening that um, maybe I didn't love in terms of where the company was going and, and uh, what it was becoming for Canadian producers. And so when that opportunity came up, um, that was sort of when it became really interesting to me that, um, hey, if I, if I could do that, um, and do it with a great team of people, I can have a significant impact on the dairy industry globally, but particularly for our ownership and our dairy dairy producers and beef producers here in Canada. Awesome, thanks, Paul. Just thinking back, I mean, we, we're all starting at different points in our career. When you think about it, were there you know particular mentors that really helped with your success? And I think importantly for everyone now, I mean, do you have a mentor now? Is that something that you think should continue through a career? How do you see that? Yeah, it's 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 a great question. And, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to give, um, you know, some presentations on leaderships at, you know, University of Guelph and with, you know, through 4-H and some different things. And I always talk about mentorship and how important that is. Um, but the one qualifier I put on it also is you have positive mentors. You also have negative mentors. And and you say, well, what do you mean by negative mentors? And I, and I always say those are things that I see people exhibiting that I say, I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want to treat people like that or I wouldn't approach it that way. And maybe it's not as much that they're a mentor, but they are an example and a guide, if you will, in terms of who do I want to be and how do I want to act as an individual and as a leader? Um, but personally, for mentors, uh, I would say there's been many at different points in time in my life or my career. Um, you know, I was fortunate that while I was in university, um, I was given an opportunity um, before I graduated um, to join the organization that I did, United Cooperatives of Ontario at the time, um, by, a, by a man called David Pelletierio. And... Um, David spoke at a, a university student federation uh, banquet, and I happened to, to be the master of ceremonies. 
And he came to me after the event and said, I'd like to talk to you next year when you graduate. And that meant something to me. Um, so, you know, with the time that I worked with that organization, he was truly a mentor. He took great interest in me and my development. And the side note is him and his family had a Holstein farm. So when I left that organization to go to United Breeders, um, he understood well because he was also in the Holstein business. So he knew the, the draw and the attraction to that. But, you know, over the years, um, uh, you know, from a cattle perspective and from a knowledge of cattle and pedigrees and that kind of thing, I had a great teacher in Lowell Lindsay. Um, he took a chance on hiring a person, you know, this young man from a Guernsey background, um, you know, to, to bring into United Breeders. Um, Merv McQuarrie was a man that, um, you know, did a lot of work internationally and hosted a lot of international tours that taught me a lot about integrity and patience um, and how to interact with people in different cultures. Um, and, uh, you know, and then joining CMEX, uh, Robert Chicoin was the first chief executive officer of the CMEX Alliance in, in its new era. And I learned a lot of things from Robert, um, you know, a little bit more about listening versus always talking. And Robert was a very quiet leader, a real gentleman. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a mentor through that period of time and, and, uh, Case Hartman's when I worked with Alta Genetics, Case Hartman's was a, a real mentor and continued to be a mentor and a friend, uh, for me throughout the rest of my career as well. And, you know, I think really, if we get to today, um, you know, my mentors today are, kind of twofold, I would say it's changed. Um, my mentors are now some of the presidents that I've worked with, you know, within the board of directors that have been tremendous people, um, you know, that, that continue to exemplify work ethic, dedication, passion, and vision for the industry, uh, but also our staff. I, I think today, you know, sort of our staff and some of the key members of our staff are almost now turn into my mentors because I want to make a difference for them uh, and for the organization. So, and, you know, really, you know, it, it turns to, to a point where, you know, um, you know, my father was always a mentor for me. Um, and I now try to do that same thing for my daughters and they in turn are sort of mentors for me too. Um, so it, it sort of, changes over time, I would say. But there's always those people you look up to and you want to emulate. Um, but there's also those that you learn a lot from because you don't. <laughs> no, that's a great point. I think we can all we can all identify with that and we, we can look around and say, I want I want to be like that and maybe not so much like that. And you know, it's in all aspects of our life from your work family to your your family to your your circle of friends. It's important. Um, well, you've been extremely successful and, and a lot of our success since you've come back is obviously due to your mentors and, and, you know, people that you look to for guidance and development along the way. And as we get ready for our own annual meeting, it's always a time where we look back at the past year and I've been fortunate enough to have a look at the numbers and I don't mean to let the cat out of the bag, but you know, we had another great year and, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what made 2022 such a great year for CMEX. Well, I think, you know, certainly from a numbers perspective, Brenda, um, you know, record revenue again for the company. Um, 
And I would probably say, you know, with that, what made it a great year, uh, I think I would say resilience. Um, you know, to, to achieve that in a year where we were faced with some headwinds that we certainly didn't plan on. Um, you know, a war uh, with Russia and Ukraine, two very important markets to the company, um, continued trade barriers with uh, China and, and Canadian production and our inability to send product from Canada. So needing to, you know, to look for alternative production, you know, to continue to support our Chinese subsidiary. Um, you know, inflation, um, you know, continued effects of COVID related to, um, you know, to staff and staffing and, and uh, absenteeism due to, you know, the continued pandemic early in the year. When I look back on 2022, you know, I really feel that our team, our global team, um, you know, has really battled through adversity um, to achieve record revenue, profitability, again, you know, um, and adapted to that new environment to continue to put the company in a successful position. So, you know, I could cite off a lot of numbers, um, but I really think the success of 2022 was battling through that adversity and at the same time, um, you know, finalizing and continuing the areas that we've invested in, in terms of expansion of our sorting se sorted semen capacity, the enhancement of our animal care through our new barns and bringing that to completion, which puts us in, in a great, great position and opportunity for the next phase of growth for the company. Yeah, absolutely. And with such an incredible 2022, what would you say your highlight is for this year? It's, it's hard to pick one. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, sometimes it's, um, the unnoticed, if you will, um, you know, and if I look back, a highlight for for me for 2022 is watching our CMEX Ukraine team, um, you know, go through what they have gone through, um, delivering and selling product in a war environment to the point where at the end of the year, they sold virtually the amount um, that they had sold in the year previous. I, I And I just think that is an amazing accomplishment and probably teaches us all something about resilience, um, determination. And, you know, they could have just simply given up and said, this, this isn't to be, and they didn't. Um, and I take a lot from that because when I saw that happening and I'd see pictures and I'd, you know, talk with them a little bit on email, you think we've got some, we've got some hurdles, we've got some speed bumps, but we're facing nothing like these people are facing and look what they're doing. So it really provided motivation at the same point in time that, hey, we can't let them down because look at what they're doing. Um, and it's things like, you know, the the job that people like Ken McDougall did in finishing our barns, our expansion, our, our construction. Um, you know, when we talk about sales and we talk about all those things that are frontline, but these are you know, those kinds of things and the job that someone like Ken has done, they go unnoticed, but they're so important for the rest of us in the company and our company's future um, that, that those kinds of things are highlights for me in 2022 because they're all preparing CMEX for the next phase of growth and the next phase of success. And we, we couldn't do that if those kinds of things weren't happening in the background. 
No, absolutely. An amazing story about Ukraine. I mean, it just drives home the point that really we have no bad days. There are no, there are no bad days in our lives in comparison to that. Uh, thinking ahead, you know, we've got some things coming down down the line that that we're unrolling and, and putting out to the marketplace. And it kind of begs the question, I mean, do you see CMEX as the greenest AI company? And if not, should it be? <laughs> well, I think we've taken some steps. Um, I think we've taken some very, very important steps. Um, but I think there's much more to do. And are we the greenest company today? I think it probably looks at how do we measure that? Um, you know, certainly from a client facing perspective, yes, we're, we're, we've put ourselves into a leadership position. We're able to go on farm, go to processors and talk about methane emissions, being able to measure methane emissions genetically um, and help, uh, you know, dairy producers uh, create strategies for their own you know, carbon footprint and reduction um, of methane on farm. Um, Immunity Plus, the lower usage of antibiotics, I think fits really, really nicely in that whole narrative and that whole discussion. Um, feed efficiency now, being able to talk about feed efficiency, which also has a direct uh, relationship to, you know, to, to the whole sustainability piece. Um, you know, building our new barns, you know, we're prepared that we can put solar panels on the roof um, for future to drive some of our, our own energy production here at Guelph. Um, so those things, you know, some of those things aren't in place yet, but we've taken those proactive measures to put ourselves in a better position moving forward. So there's still a lot we can do as it relates to the operational side of our business. And, and that will be one of our focuses as we move forward. But from a client-facing perspective, there's no question that we've put ourselves in a leadership position for those discussions. Yeah, and you talk about moving forward into the future and what we can do and expand on and what we've set ourselves up for to be able to do that. So that begs the question, and where will the world be in 10 years and how is CMAX a part of that? Well, where the world will be is a bit of a tough one, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, um, easy answer as well it'll be different um, but but i think really as i relate it to the agricultural piece um, i see a lot more vertical integration in terms of the whole supply chain that i believe will happen in the next 10 years if we think of you know production through to processor through to consumer um, consumers want to know where does my food come from is it being produced sustainably um, can i trace it and processors then are going to say, okay, we want a steady, reliable supply and we need efficiency. So therefore we need product, whether that's dairy or beef, um, that they know the background, um, you know, what, what makes a difference to them? You know, feedlot uh, managers want feed efficiency. That makes a huge difference to them economically if we're in the beef side of the business. So what I see is genetic suppliers, um, you know, feedlot producers, processors, whether that be beef, dairy, or whatever that might be, and retailers starting to integrate more in terms of strategy and that whole supply chain. That, um, you know, a feedlot 
uh, company or a processor might say, I want to know that my product is coming from these types of genetics because these are very important to my efficiency. So I see, I see a day, um, and I don't think it's as far off as what we might think or some people might think, where we're customizing our genetics to that supply chain um, and, and, and sort of, you know, working with them, um, you know, to produce genetics that fit their criteria. And then therefore they will fit the, the produ our producers criteria because they are selling to the processor. Um, so I, I see a lot more of that integration coming through the agricultural industry in the next 10 years. And I think, you know, so that, that means we have to start and, and we have started, I shouldn't say we have to start, but those kinds of discussions are gonna be really, really important to CMEX in terms of how do we fit. It's right in our mission statement about global partnerships. So it's not new to us, it's not unbeknownst to us. Um, you know, we've got partners in AI24, we've got partners in different areas of our business, we've got partners in our product development uh, area. Um, I think the next phase is that partnership approach through integration through the supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not only employees, but we're also consumers, you know, so we, we go to the grocery store too. And, you know, I'd like to know where everything comes from. I, yeah. I you know, I think that's natural and it's, it's where, it's where the future is. So the one, the one thing we haven't talked about, Paula, are bulls. We haven't talked about that once. <laughs> We're not quite going to let you off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we would like to know your favorite bull of all time. Um, favorite bull of all time. The one that produces the most and sells the most. How's that for an answer? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's the CEO talking, I suppose. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to look back through our industry and you know you talk about those bulls that have a significant impact on the breed and i guess through sort of my various workings i mean you think of bulls like starbuck you think of of goldwyn who those bulls have had an immense impact from a cmex perspective um on the breed and on the industry um you know so i can't i can't not talk about those kinds of bulls because they, their impact has been immense um, you know, but at the same point in time, I also look at it, you know, a bull like mainstream manifold and people might say, oh, my God, Paul Armour is talking about a favorite bull. Why, why is he talking about mainstream manifold? Well, to me, manifold helped change the direction and the conversation of CMEX and CMEX distributors and CMEX representatives. You know, we all of a sudden started talking about this bull that was not a double digit type bull, but he was calving ease. He was great components um, and and great fertility. And it got us on into a client base that we traditionally were not in. And I think he was, you know, if I go back, he was one of the bulls that changed our direction for the good in the sense that it opened up, um, you know, our client base to a much wider client and made our our, our staff and our, our especially our, our client facing staff more comfortable with more of a commercial discussion. So, you know, I think that bull had a significant impact as well. From a personal perspective, um, you know, 
I I look up and on my shelf is a, a painted model bull of Townsend Lindy. And you know, why why would I mention him? Well, Lindy and I kind of followed each other through our careers. Um, Lindy was one of the first bulls that and cow families that I looked at as a young sire analyst, new at United Breeders and traveling to World Dairy Expo with Lowell Lindsay, stopping at farms along the way, and we went into towns, towns and farms, and it was to inspect Lindy and, uh, and the cow family. And we bought the bull, um, so that was a memorable thing for me. And those were the days of daughter proofs, and so Lindy got his daughter proof about the time that I went into the marketing side of the business. So one of the first things was that I was involved in as a marketing person was marketing Lindy as a proven bull. And so, you know, I always felt like Lindy and my career sort of went side by side. And uh, so when I when I left United Breeders to or and GenCore to go to CMEX, um, the staff presented me with a model bull painted with the markings of Townsend Lindy. So um, he's always sort of had that special place just because of the the, the pinpoints in my career and his career. That's a cool That's story. <laughs> Very cool story. And, and I think uh, your mentor Lowell would agree that he is one of his favorite bulls as well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was. For sure. Well, Paul, thank you for your time. We know you're busy and we really appreciate you joining us and being with us for our first episode. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. If you like this podcast, give us a four-star review. It really helps others find the show and learn more about CMEX, our people, our programs, and our services. Stay tuned for more episodes.